0: Hi, and welcome to the St. Saviour's Finsbury Park podcast. Our vision is to be a church alive in God's love to serve the city. And we hope this teaching helps you to know God and serve Him more wherever you've been uniquely placed. Let's jump in. Could we just give a huge round of applause to the band? They are unbelievable. Can everyone hear me? Yeah, I'm on. Brilliant. Um, Unbelievable what a privilege it is just to worship with a band like that. Absolutely incredible. Um, If you go to Hampstead Heath, many of you might have done that today. Many of you might not have. But you will see there's a big light show on there. It looks really, really fun. costs a lot of money. Um, But on the outside of the light show, there's a sign. And the sign says this. Welcome to Hampstead Heath light show. Uh, See Christmas in a different light. See Christmas in a different light. Um, And I feel like the carol service is a good moment to actually do that. Uh, To take a moment and to ask ourselves, what does it mean to see Christmas in a different light? Because if we're not careful, familiarity breeds contempt or at best confusion. I love Christmas, I love the tinsels, the mince pies. I love the presents, I love the fairy lights, I love it all, it's wonderful. And Mariah Carey playing on the radio, there's just so much to love about Christmas. But if we're not careful, we can miss the whole point. And the challenge for all of us is to let Christmas speak afresh and new in our lives. And what I would like to do over the next 10 minutes uh, is to think, to think it through. What does Christmas mean? So the first uh, readings described that we heard tonight, so beautifully read, described the events of Christmas, what happened. And you can go to many texts in the New Testament that will tell you what happened at Christmas. Shepherds, angels, the star, the manger. It's an amazing story. And if you're anything like me, it's just really wonderful to hear it being read every Christmas afresh, in and of itself, because it's a beautiful story. Um, but the last reading that Imogen just read from the Gospel of John, first chapter, the prologue, um, actually doesn't tell us about the events so much as what Christmas means. Uh, it's obviously not describing uh, what happened, but it is telling us what what happened means. Uh, and um, I want to run us through just three things that John pulls out in terms of uh, what Christmas means. The first is that love really matters. Uh, the second is that you can have fellowship with God. You can draw near to God at Christmas. And the third is that joy is available to all of us uh, if we are willing to step into the Christmas story as it uh, has been told to us. So I'm just going to run through those three uh, points really quickly. Firstly, love really, really matters. Um, if you are of a secular mindset, um, we hear this often, that you are nothing but dot, 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 that the most beautiful things are nothing but a collection of atoms, or you can break them down into their constituent physical parts. Uh, and so Richard Dawkins might say, you are merely dancing to the tune of your DNA, spinning around on an infinitesimally small bit of cosmic dust uh, in an ever-expanding space-time vortex that will eventually implode and collapse back in upon itself, rendering all of your loves, your lives, and your losses completely and utterly meaningless. Merry Christmas. Um, um, Francis Crick, who was a Nobel winning scientist and identified the structure of DNA, wrote a book called The Astonishing Universe. And um, uh, this is what he said, it's controversial, don't shoot the messenger, I'm just quoting here. But if you're of a secular mindset, I'm struggling with this microphone, as you might be able to tell. It's all right, I'll hold it. It's okay. I'll get through this. Um, But if you're a secular mindset, um, it's irrefutably true. This is what he said. You, your joys and your sorrows, your memories and ambitions, your sense of personal identity and your free will are, in fact, no more than the behavior of a vast assembly of nerve cells and their associated molecules stop. So when we say things like love matters, or human dignity really matters, or justice matters, according to the secular view, we're supposed to think that that is nothing more than a chemical reaction in our brain, uh, probably more linked to evolutionary biological history than an actual reality on the ground. It's a delusion. And if we're honest, Francis Crick uh, is correct if Christmas isn't true. But, and it's a big but, what our hearts intuitively know, that love does matter. Christmas proves. Christmas tells us that love pre-existed the world that love created the world, and that love is redeeming the world. In Christian theology, it's called the Trinity. And when you read, if you've got any time this Christmas, and you are so minded, fully recommend the Gospel of John. Uh, it's a wonderful a wonderful um, place to begin, if you've never read the Bible before, um, learning about Jesus. But John, in chapter one of his Gospel, and in chapter 5 and 17, and in one, two, three letters, John, which is later on in the New Testament, which he also wrote, gives us more about the Trinity than any other gospel writer. Uh, he says this, from the beginning of time, there was already the Son, the Spirit, and the Father. He says this, we've proclaimed to you the eternal life that was with the Father from the beginning. And he says this, in the beginning, the Word already was. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Only Christianity says that God is one substance, but three persons. And if you try and get your head around that, um, you're doing better than me. You can't get your head around it. That's why he's God. It's extraordinary. But the point is this, that in himself, in his three-personhood, Father, Son, and Spirit, he has been enfolding himself into the life of God the Trinity, through love, adoration, worship, self-giving, self-sacrifice from all eternity to eternity. And that means that love was before the world and that the world came from a God who was already love and that this love is redeeming the world. So the doctrine of Christmas is that the love that created the world and us has looked into the world and looked at you and looked at me and recognize that we tend to get ourselves in a bit of trouble quite frequently and he's decided to do something about it in the person of Jesus Christ by writing himself into the play Jesus lives the life we should have lived and Jesus dies the death we should have died God breaks the veil he tears down the wall we feel like love will last forever because it really does so firstly what does Christmas mean it means that love matters secondly Christmas means fellowship with God the doctrine of the incarnation that's God taking on human human flesh or the doctrine of Christmas is about fellowship intimacy nearness closeness John writes this we just heard it I'm going to repeat it because it bears repeating you could spend all your life repeating this and never come to the end of it we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth in other words the fellowship of God the father the God the son and God the spirit uh, is present to us at Christmas isn't that remarkable So, Christmas means this it isn't enough just to believe. It isn't even enough just to obey. Christmas means that God has gone to infinite lengths to come near to us in Jesus Christ so that we can know Him personally. And because you're known and you're loved, you're free. It's been said that if you're fully known but not loved, that's our greatest fear. If you're fully loved and not known, It's utterly superficial. But if you're fully known and you're fully loved, you're free, and at Christmas, in Jesus Christ, God gives a resounding yes and amen over your life. He knows you, and he loves you from eternity to eternity. You can know and love God. God isn't primarily a concept to be believed, a heartwarming, fuzzy, Christmas in the pub with your mates and mulled wine, listening to your favorite tunes. Brilliant though that is, I'm not down on that. But it's not the meaning of Christmas. It's not even uh, an abstract philosophical principle. He's not even content to be a powerful force in your life as something you just draw on fatalistically um, when you need something from life. Because God became human... We can have fellowship with him. And an interesting illustration, at least I found it interesting, was a sun filter. If you try and look directly at the sun, two things will happen to you. One, both bad, but one worse than the other. The first bad thing that would happen is you're not going to see the sun. Because the sunspots and the eruptions on the surface of the sun are too bright. The glory of the sun is too bright for your eyes. You're just not going to see it. The second thing that could happen is it would burn your retina out. And um, what... We, what you sometimes sing, I don't think we sung it tonight, but Heart the Herald Angels Sing was written by Charles Wesley. And there's a line in that carol and it says this, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. In other words, in Jesus, we behold God's glory. Now you've got to get your head around this for a moment. It's exciting to me anyway. Bear with me. In the Old Testament, Moses is warned by God I'm going to pass you by and if you come anywhere near me or you look directly at me, it it will destroy you and therefore there's a cleft in that rock over there, I want you to tuck up, hunker down and make sure that you do not pop up before I've passed you by because my glory is too bright. What we're told at Christmas is that in Jesus Christ, God's glory has been made known, visible like a sun filter. For the first time in human history, we're able to see God face to face directly it's unbelievable it's not unbelievable it's very believable it's incredible is what i meant (laughs) in jesus god has drawn near what's the practical application i've said it before i'll say it again god went to infinite lengths to draw near to you Uh, he lost his glory jesus lost his glory he came down from the throne room of heaven He took on space time, he entered the creation that he had made, he subjected himself to a life of human suffering, even to the point of death, even death on a cross before he was raised on the third day. Now you must be willing to go to great lengths, to draw near to him. There's this wonderful prayer I came across from an 18th century Christian minister called Daniel Steele, and he wrote it in a letter to his friend. Just listen to this intensity of his experience of God's love, the intimacy, the affection, the closeness that makes us British types potentially wince, but bear with me. This is what he said to his friend. Almost every week, sometimes almost every day, I feel a pressure of his great love that comes down upon my heart in such a measure as to make me groan, under an almost unsupportable plethora of joy. At such times, he has unlocked every apartment of my being and flooded them all with the light of his presence. The inner spot has been touched, and its stoniness has been melted in the presence of Jesus, the one altogether lovely. It's a question to myself as well as you, so don't take this as a judgy question. But but can you talk like that? Probably not. If you want to get close to God, you you do have to put the time in. Uh, You do actually have to change your life. Because God isn't at the periphery of reality. God is at the heart of reality. And One of the things that Christianity teaches is that that we are all too quick to delude ourselves, all of us do it, into thinking that the world revolves around us. And when you have 7 billion people on the planet thinking the world revolves around them, you have problems. The challenge of Christmas is to live in reality, to leave our deluded illusion, illusory versions of what reality looks like according to us and enter the reality of Christmas. The incarnation means that God isn't content to be a fuzzy feeling or a philosophical abstract concept. He went to infinite lengths to get close to you. Now you need to do what it takes to get close to him. And what will it take in your life this Christmas to do that? So Christmas tells us uh, that love really matters. It tells us that you can have fellowship with God. And lastly, it declares that joy is available to all. Um, John, who wrote the Gospel, wrote three letters later in the New Testament. And in one of them, he says that Jesus, here's what he said, he said, Jesus makes our joy complete. So if you want to know joy, if you want to know complete joy, come to Jesus. And I heard this illustration, which I thought was quite helpful the other day, so I'm going to share it now. Comparing the joy that Jesus offers at Christmas time to an underground subterranean river. And the, the way it works is that whatever's going on on the surface, however parched or, stormy or, or desert like an underground river has the capacity to bring devastating and abundant life wherever it passes through it's an extraordinary image and yet i do think it's at the heart of what christmas means before christmas before jesus was born you had two worlds the ideal immortal perfect world up there And you had the broken, mortal, fragile, flesh and blood world down here. And however much people might try to make themselves spiritually buff and be the best version of myself and live my best life, and I'm not down on that, I think that's really admirable, but it's not Christianity. Christianity is the gospel, is that you can never get across. There is an impassable void between the beauty and the perfection of heaven and the imperfection of earth and what Christmas what happens at Christmas is that God imagine there's a concrete slab there isn't um, but imagine there is between the two God punches through the concrete slab in Jesus Christ he writes himself into the story he declares himself known he reveals his glory he acts like a sun filter and for the first time the ideal becomes real the perfect is made known the unknowable glory of god becomes present in the baby in a manger it is an incredible moment in the christian calendar and it's an incredible moment in human history it's a river of joy i'm here to tell you i'm just a messenger i do believe there's a river of joy available to all of us at christmas and not just at Christmas throughout New Year and into 2023 if we recognize that love really matters because God has loved the world from eternity to eternity you are not just dancing to the tune of your DNA Um, what you intuit Christmas proves that you can know fellowship with God not just that he would be your friend but that he would draw near to you like a brother or a sister or a mother or a father and lastly in that place you can move in great power even when your life is weak. Because whatever life throws at you, if you know the Lordship of Jesus Christ and you draw near to the babe in the manger, it will act like a subterranean river of joy and it will water your roots and keep you strong in the years to come. Amen? Amen. So the band are now going to come and play for us a kind of a reflective song. Feel free to relax and um, not stand. Um, But this is just an opportunity um, to just be still uh, and we would say be still in the presence of God I don't know where you're at I can't actually see most of you because it's so dark uh, I don't know if you've ever done this before but can I, can I just invite us to, um, to almost just be open in this moment if you're someone who's never done this before maybe just ask the Lord, Lord I don't believe you're here but if you are reveal yourself to me afresh this Christmas um, and uh, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come Uh, that God would continue to minister to us this evening. So Holy Spirit, would you come, fill us afresh tonight, open our eyes afresh, soften our hearts to Christmas and to the babe in the manger. Amen.